Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. And we're back. I like to sometimes pretend I'm a radio person. And I have welcome to spring. I feel like we're finally getting some spring weather, or at least today. I think yeah. it's supposed to rain soon next week or something like that. But for now, sunshine. I mean, I always hate talking about the weather because our listeners aren't just in California and they probably get mad because I would too. I would get mad if I was in Iowa and you guys were just talking about 90 degree weather all the time. 90, I mean, it feels like 90 in the sun, but it's really like 72, you guys, with a nice breeze. But I digress. But I feel like spring is the one time where, like, other parts of the country are starting to get warm. And, like, I know, like, talking about Iowa, it is one of the nicer times to be there, according to Jeremy. So I would just say, like... Who's Jeremy? Have you talked about him on the podcast before? Oh, are we talking about this? <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into Jeremy later. That's a separate episode called Talk to My Therapist. I'm just kidding. That actually sounds really bad. No, Talk to My Best Friend. That's what that episode will be titled. We're actually really excited. We have fellow podcasters, Rachel and Stephanie, on the pod today from the Learn Smarter podcast. So we're just going to get right into it. Ladies, welcome. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. We're glad to be here. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the Learn Smarter podcast? Sure. So this is Rachel speaking and our podcast is about the work that we do. And we are both educational therapists in the greater Los Angeles area. I have a practice in Beverly Hills. Steph has a practice in Redondo Beach. And as educational therapists, we work one-on-one with learners with different learning profiles and teach them how to become independent and autonomous learners and learn in the best way that they know how. That was good, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we started the podcast because not enough people know about educational therapy and the services that we offer. And we knew that we were expensive. And so we wanted to offer our knowledge to people who didn't have access to ed therapy, either by geographic location or the fact that educational therapists have limited amount of hours that they can work or price point. So that is our mission. Yeah, that is. Well, and I think that's so important. It's so great that you guys have the podcast because we know we get people, clients and non-clients that come to us all the time. Like, should I go to an ed therapist? Should I not? And unfortunately, what we found is that there are people that call themselves ed therapists that don't necessarily do what you guys do. And I think it's important (laughs) for families not only to know what resources are out there, but how they do differ that you could use a term of art that, you know, people out there can, like, just like we have um, advocates out there that aren't necessarily attorneys, that some do great things, but they're not a... It's not regulated. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, we've talked on the pod in the past about ed therapists and some that, you know, we've worked with and, and certain, you know, types of work that you can get from them. But I think it's really important for our families to know not only what a wonderful resource that you guys can provide, but, you know, we do get some school districts that would say, oh, well, ed therapy, that's like tutoring. 
So like, we're not going to pay for it or we're not going to provide it. But so they parents need to be educated that like what you guys do is a lot more than that. It's so much more. And most people don't know what educational therapy is. And that is a big part of why we have the podcast. But also, because it's not regulated, and people can call themselves educational therapists who don't have a background in training. This is why we often say to parents to check to look up on the Association of Educational Therapists websites, make sure that who you are going to is somebody that is certified. That doesn't mean that there aren't amazing clinicians out there, but that's one way to check and make sure that that person has had the training that you are seeking. So what is your training and background? I'll start with Stephanie because she just answered that question. And then we'll go to Rachel. Yeah. So I'm a former classroom teacher and I have a master's in education. And then I went back to school to get a postmaster's certification in educational therapy. And that's when I met Rach and we fell in love, (laughs) as she likes to say. And we started our journey in creating our private practices. My background was I was a preschool teacher looking for something more and I wanted a master's degree. I was very interested in specializing, but not didn't want to be a speech pathologist. That wasn't my calling or an occupational therapist and wanted to stay working with kids. Kind of stumbled across educational therapy literally by looking up programs at different schools. And I went to CSUN where I met Steph. And so I also got the certification, but I went on for another year because I wanted my master's. So then I also have a master's in special education as well. Excellent. For us, it's one of those things where a lot of times parents use the referral system, right? So if you get a family that's referred you and they have a unique learning profile of the child, what are some of the first kind of steps that you take either in asking them or in um, the types of materials they bring to you? Obviously, Rachel, you have that expertise in the area of special education, which is great. So you would understand, obviously, what I mean, Seventy, I'm sure you know what an IEP looks like and things like that. But (laughs) in terms of how you are going to proceed in helping a child, what do you guys, what are the first steps? So we ask a lot of questions to gather information, but a lot of the clients that we serve have similar needs. Executive functioning is a huge area of need. And so we get a lot of the same complaints of kids not turning in homework on time or those kind of family things that really frustrate parents is like a big population that we work with will often do the assignment, but not turn it into the teacher. And there's nothing more frustrating. So we spend a little bit of time information gathering and then making sure that they're a right fit and that they're a right fit family for us to work with and that we're the right fit for them and can offer the services. And Steph and I each have a little bit of a different area of expertise. I My practice primarily focuses on kids who have ADHD, executive functioning, writing math remediation issues. Mm-hmm. And Steph's practice is your I would say I do all the things. I don't know. We yeah. have kindergartners all the way up. Right, um, right. So it just, my team is very diverse. So we do, I don't know, everything. I wanted to add one of the biggest things is sometimes parents, you know, we get a lot of clients that come to us that have testing done, Mm -hmm. either private testing or, you know, we Mm -hmm. see the testing that the district has done. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing as an educational therapist is we don't treat to the diagnosis. We treat as the presenting problem. It doesn't matter what diagnosis, if there is one or isn't one. Mm -hmm. If it look, whatever it looks like, Mm -hmm. that's what we're treating. And sometimes that's so important to parents because 
no matter what, we're helping the kid regardless. So it doesn't really make a difference to us. It's it, the label, right? You're right. looking beyond the label, which is exactly like how man and I think about things. And I think for a lot of parents, that's helpful because when they first hear that diagnosis or that particular label of their child, it's very limiting. And it's one of those things that when we are talking about our clients, we'll sometimes get some of the parents saying like, oh, that's exactly my kid, but why didn't you just say autism? And I'm like, because that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, you know, all these processing and executive functioning deficits. So for us, and especially just hearing how you guys say, oh, this particular kid's learning profile, you know, like I could already tell we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, yeah, which is great. I love it when we find like-minded professionals out there. Who are podcasting too. Well, I wanted to kind of get into some of the topics that you guys have had. So I know, Rachel, you were talking about how your practice focuses on the ADHD kiddos and with some of the executive functioning and things like that. And you've had a a couple different podcasts and you have different guests. What is one of the episodes that like if somebody comes up to you and they're like, oh, you have a podcast? Like, where should I start? Should I start at the beginning? Can I go anywhere? What do you usually kind of tell them? So it depends on what that family is really looking for in their area of need, because we've done so many different series, but I will point out a couple episodes that I think have been really popular. And then I'll point out a couple that I think will inspire hope because that is something that we're hoping to do as well. So Steph, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of our more popular episodes is episode 10, where we talk about the intersection of ADHD and executive functioning. And that's been a really impactful episode in addition to the episodes that we've done on writing and executive functioning because kids who struggle with executive functioning are always going to struggle with writing and or mainly struggle with writing as well. And so those episodes provide deeper level of understanding of their students. We talk a lot on the podcast in general about how we come from a fundamental place and a fundamental belief that all students want to please and all students are able to learn. And so one of our trigger words, which we hear all the time because, and we understand because it presents like that, is that a kid is lazy. And the truth is, oh. is that no kid is lazy. Oh my goodness, um, yes. <laughs> no kid is lazy. And the kids who are dealing with some sort of medical diagnosis like ADHD or academic interference, like learning disorder, are working twice as hard to get half as much. And Absolutely. so that is something that we're deeply passionate about creating a wider range of understanding from parents to child, because not every parent has the same academic experience as their kid and doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't present as disinformation or lazy, but we just don't like that word. And these kids struggle with getting started. And yeah. that's the reality of it. And then the other episodes that I'll kind of point out are the client success stories that we've done in the student success stories. If you want to hear about what the trajectory of educational therapy is like, how it impacts the life of the learner, but also transforms family life as a result. Those are some awesome episodes where we are interviewing each other's clients and learning more about their stories and about the growth that has occurred. And it's amazing because you hear these kids who are very similar to other kids coming into the practice basically tell their peers and tell other parents like, no, no, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because look at what's happened for me. And it's actually been really cool because one of our first client success or student success stories that we did was a client who I'm no longer working with because the point of educational therapy is to be done. And he texted me 
out of the blue, maybe, what was it, a couple months ago, Steph? And he's like, Rachel, I just want you to know, I just went back and listened to my episode, and I'm still doing all the things we talked about, and all the things <laughs> me. So it's like this, it's documenting their progress for them also. Those yeah. Are awesome. yeah. 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 And I wanted to break down that, you know, we have a lot of series. We have reading, we have writing, we have math, we have educational therapy, we have the success stories, but we also have an author series, and those ones seem to be really popular. Mm-hmm. We have an episode on slow processing that is really popular because oh, a lot yeah, of that's people a don't one. understand that one. And so we are trying to just do all the things that sort of come up in the practices and what we're seeing. And so that there's a little bit in every episode for probably everybody. So I don't think it really matters where you start. Yeah. You know, we started off with episode two being about how to calendar. And that has been one of the most popular episodes. And because that's where we start with our students. So yeah. and forgive us for sounding a little stiff. We were new in podcasting in episode yeah. two. Oh, no. I, We've gotten better. I saw that one and I was like, ooh, calendar. <laughs> like, I just, you know, I think there's a particular type of person that yes. is probably very attracted to that. But, yes. you know, yeah. for us, you know, Amanda and I have been in attorneys for quite some time. And, you know, we know the law. We've learned some things along the way, of course. But we're not licensed educational psychologists. We're not licensed educational therapists. We're not speech and language pathologists. But we've seen enough of the same patterns, the same types of things that we hear something and then we bring it to another IEP. And it's like, I'm not the expert here. So, you know, why am I doing that? So, you know, we very, very quickly learned early on in our legal careers that we needed to connect with the people that would help that particular child. And so then when we started the podcast, you know, we had always thought, okay, we're going to get some guests on. It was just a man and I for a while, just because it took some time to get some guests together. But yeah, no, we've learned so much. And that's really a testament, you know, a little area of, you know, some type of languaging processing, you know, or dyscalculia like that we didn't know. And we have an episode, we have a speech and language pathologist on, it's really helpful. And that is kind of what I noticed with your podcast as well, is that trying to get that information out there in the most digestible form possible and as quick and easy as possible, which I think parents appreciate. I know I appreciate. And I think that there's just so much information out there. You know, you can go on Pinterest and there's this worksheet and da, da, da. It's like, I could say you teacher why don't you listen to this podcast like and then just see how you know you take 20 minutes on your commute home and listen to it so like I think you know one thing that we deal with with you know even our like clients or potential clients a lot of times like people who have a diagnosis and have an IEP and have been doing this for a while they know they need to come to us and they come to us they know what they want But a big thing that we've found is that a lot of families that need our help or need the help of, say, an ed therapist, they don't even know that they need their help. They don't have a diagnosis. They don't necessarily have some set, like, set of problems, right, that they're dealing with. They could just Google and say, how do I help my child with executive functioning? Mm -hmm. How do I help my you know, with language processing? Because they don't know that that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of them, and we, we talk with families a lot where they say, well, this is something that I dealt with as a kid. Like, we just have to get over it. And it's like, well, no, like, you don't have to get over it. And to be able to identify that, oh, this thing, that this problem that this person is talking about, like, we deal with that. But I didn't have a name for it. And sometimes in that sense, labels, as much as we hate labels in many senses, 
there's also other times where labels are important because you can then identify, okay, this is where we are, this is what the needs of the child are, and this is how we, we go about addressing it. So I think it's important, uh, kind of a lot of, of how you get from your success stories to just going to practical aspects too, because that's what people need to hear because they don't always self-identify as like, that's my kid until like your real world examples. There's two things that always happen when you start with a new client. The parents come in and they say, you're everything we never knew we needed. And where were you when I was a kid? Yeah. Isn't that so heartbreaking? Like when they say uh, that, Ugh. but it also, it's like, thank goodness we know more now yeah, and right. we can do better because Absolutely. we know better. And the other thing that I wanted to add about the label is like, yes, labels have this negative connotation and I understand why parents are reluctant. For the learners, oftentimes, it provides a sense of relief Mm -hmm. because it's not that I'm stupid or I'm lazy or, you know, I can't do this material that I see my older sibling doing and thriving, like not needing any support. Now there's a reason, an underlying reason that has no fault of their own. Right. So it provides yeah. a sense of relief for families. Yeah. Maybe not for the parents, but for sure <laughs> for the clients. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For the kids. Well, well the- I think even for the parents sometimes, because like, you know, we'll be talking to potential clients and, you know, they won't even, they'll just describe some issues that they're dealing with. And then we'll go off on a tangent of yeah. saying like, Hey, this might be your child. Like we always give the example with like auditory processing where we say, look, if you ever tell your child to go upstairs, grab their backpack, grab something out of their backpack, come back down and bring it to you, they get up to the room and they say, what was I supposed to be doing? Right. Like every time we get families that go, oh my gosh, that's my kid. Yeah. So I think then they're able to be like, it's not just them. Because the concept of lazy or not taking enough initiative or not trying hard enough, like parents can sometimes get sucked into that trap too, because mm-hmm. they think, you know, especially when they have multiple kids, right? And their needs are not the same. And it's difficult not to compare them. So, I, you know, we, we found a lot of families that just when we start talking about like, oh, yeah, well, there's strategies and not like strategies in the sense that like it's going to take hours and hours and weeks and years of therapy. It's like, no, no, no. Some of these things can be easily managed in the classroom. And then when the child's old enough, you can teach them how to do it themselves. And then you're done. Nothing more anyone has to worry about. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a relief there a lot of times, too. Of knowing that what the next step is once you have that diagnosis, yeah. it's, right? It's yeah. the solution, Absolutely. right? Yeah, the solution-oriented. So in our final kind of couple of minutes, I would love to hear each of your favorite, like, success stories. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if you have a particular student, I mean, Rachel, you kind of already shared yours, but I'll give you another one. I'm just kidding. I but, can do another one. Yeah, no, that would be amazing. And then, and I'll go back to this, but I know we already kind of talked about the podcast, but if you want to do another plug about your own businesses, I'm sure a lot of people are interested in potentially talking to you. So sh- go. <laughs> Steph, you go first. Okay. So... My success story is actually a student with a traumatic brain injury, and she had to have seven inches of her brain removed, and she is currently in seventh grade, and she started coming to me in fifth grade, and when she first, we work on math, and when she first started coming, she couldn't even, she was struggling with, you know, two plus three, and she knows all of her multiplication now. Wow. We do it through singing. 
she knows how just yesterday we were adding and subtracting fractions and we were doing all this different math and she loves math now and it was something that used to be so hard for her and like she loves our sessions she just it's she thinks it's the best thing ever and we just continue to keep going and it's it makes me so happy that she's made so much progress and when the doctors weren't sure that she was going to be able to do any of those things right so she's my favorite success story and my business is my ed therapist i'm located in redondo beach and we i have a team of eight clinicians and we do virtual sessions and parent coaching and all the things. So it's myedtherapist.com if you're interested. Awesome. Wonderful. So I was going to give a math story too. Ah. (laughs) Math is kind of my jam, but if you want to hear more about one of my favorite client success stories, we're actually airing them right now on the podcast. We did an interview with the mom and then this coming week, not sure when this is airing, but it'll be like episode 97 and 98, I think, of our podcast. We interviewed the mom and we're interviewing the child. But I'll talk about a high school senior who I've been working with for hmm, a year and a half. She had a lot of, of neediness with her parents, a lot of not of her parents not understanding her procrastination and or rather her lack of task initiation mm-hmm. when it came to her non-preferred task of writing. She was also rather disorganized. And so she needed, and those two things go hand in hand, writing and the disorganization. And so she needed some strategies and skills. But I think my favorite part about working with her is the improvement in family life around the emotions of school have really dissipated, but also her profound understanding of herself as a learner. Now, you know, we've come to a place of acceptance that she may never like be the student who loves writing. Like that just might not be her. And she really wanted it to be her because her dad's the writer. And I think he really wanted it for her as well. But that's not everybody's jam. So Mm -hmm. the point is like not necessarily like deciding that you have to love something and trying to love it when you just don't. It's not your thing. But figuring out strategies to work through the things that are non-preferred tasks. And so she's just one of my favorite students every week because she's just has a deep understanding of who she is as a learner and knowing which assignments now she's going to avoid so she can not avoid them, at least with me and get started. I love her. Yeah, I think that's about your practice. Oh, yeah. Thank you. My practice is CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills. We also have a team of clinicians. All our sessions right now are virtual, but we do offer virtual sessions oh, on the regular. Anyway, and if you're interested in learning more about working with us, you can go to capedtherapy.com, sign up for a phone call, and we'll get on the phone. It's the same for staff if you go to myedtherapist.com. You'll sign up for a phone call, and we'll match you with the best fit person for your particular situation. Awesome. We'll link all that information in the show notes in case anyone local or even not local since you do virtual is interested in learning more. And then what's the easiest way for them to find the podcast? On all the ways you find the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) However you listen to your podcast, Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast is available for your listening enjoyment and then we'd love to hear from people who are listening as well so if you want to hit us up on instagram we're learn smarter podcast or website is also learn smarter podcast to get on our email list to get all our freebies and all the goods awesome thank you ladies so much for coming on to our podcast i hope 
our listeners check you guys out. It's just another great resource that's out there that's vetted that we appreciate is out there. And hopefully some of the listeners that are also district admin can take a listen as well. Thank you ladies so much. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys for your endorsement. I mean, yes, it does. Oh yeah. No, we only endorse the best. So Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're nobody. You ladies are amazing, and we really appreciate you taking the time to be on our podcast. So we will talk to our listeners. We'll talk to you guys later. See you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.